Have you sustained a bone, joint, work, or sports injury? Problems with mobility or movement? Suffer with pain? Contact Azalea Orthopedics. Our specialists serve patients across East Texas for proven, trusted medical care. You have a choice. Demand Azalea. Welcome in, everybody. Episode number five, Fire the Cannon of Brookie Athletic Podcast. It is Jeremy Hubbard here with you once again. Another great week at Brookhill on the way as we have a lot of things going on. Uh, all sports back in action this week. Middle school, JV, varsity, you're going to hear all about that this week. Uh, but just a bunch going on uh, around Brookhill, and we're excited to let you know about what we have going on. Uh, back this week on our episode, we'll visit first with head uh, cross-country coach Josiah White, then we'll move on to uh, volleyball uh, head coach Mika Hubbard, and last but not least, uh, head football coach Scott Rye will be here to talk about uh, the uh, game this past Friday and looking ahead to this week as well. Before we get into all that, just want to make note of a few things uh, coming your way here uh, soon for Brook Hill. Um, October 16th, Monday, October 16th, is the 27th annual uh, Brookhill Golf Classic. We're going to have Coach Dawkins on here in a week or two to talk more about that uh, and what all that means. But uh, for those of you who are new to Brookhill, uh, the uh, Brookhill Golf Classic really is the biggest fundraiser uh, for the athletic department. Uh, we talk all the time about uh, how the Brookhill Athletic Department, uh, zero tuition dollars come uh, to the athletic department to fund all of our teams and uniforms and uh, basketballs, footballs, none of that stuff. And so Coach Dawkins does a great job of raising all the money for the athletic department. And one of the ways he does that is the 27, is the annual Brick Hill Golf Classic. And the 27th edition of that takes place this year, Monday, October 16th, at Eagles Bluff Country Club. And if you want to be a part of that, uh, you can uh, call the athletic office. Uh, you can call 903-894-5000 and ask for extension 5000. Or just tell me to talk to, uh, to my wife, Tiffany Hubbard. Uh, she will handle all that and get you uh, signed up. Uh, there's all kind of ways you can sign up. You can sign up to play as an individual. You can sign up to play as a team. You can be a sponsor. We'd love to have you as a sponsor for the Brook Hill uh, Golf Classic. Uh, we have a big raffle, so look forward to that. Uh, there's always some great items in the raffle. I know already we're going to have a couple of uh, drivers, some top golf uh, gift certificates, uh, all kind of things that take place uh, there. But come be a part of that uh, in any way that you'd like to. Uh, make sure and contact the athletic office for that. But that's Monday, October 16th um, for that. Also, we're just a few weeks away from homecoming. Friday, October 6th is homecoming night at Brook Hill as uh, Arlington Grace Prep will be in town taking on uh, Brook Hill in varsity football action. So with that also comes uh, the the uh, crowning of homecoming king and queen uh, and all the other festivities that go around with homecoming. So make sure you make note of that October 6th. So a busy October. And of course, in the middle of all that, October 9th is Founders Day uh, at Brook Hill. So a lot of things coming up in the next couple of weeks. Make sure uh, that you are watching the calendar, our social medias, emails. Uh, I know you guys get a lot of emails, but make sure you can read those when you get them because they do have important stuff about that. So all those things coming up here at Brook Hill in the next few weeks. Also, before we get going, I want to make sure and uh, once again thanks all the thank all the folks. Sorry about that. Words are hard sometimes. 
I want to thank all the folks at NetSN, Brett Swinney and crew. Um, so many things they do for us. As a matter of fact, the, the latest one that they did that was so huge for us was that on Thursday night, uh, the JV football team played at home. And, of course, uh, we have a lot of boarding students that play on our JV football team, and some of the parents were wanting to watch the game. And, you know, since COVID, games have been streamed at most schools for a long time, and that's that was one reason why we like to do that. But also, when we do have that boarding community that's so far out there, we want to get those games streamed as much as we can. Anyway, so uh, Coach Rowell and I visited, and we, and we reached out to Brett Swinney and said, hey, is there any chance you might could stream the JV game for us on Thursday night? And Brett was willing to do so at the drop of a hat. And uh, you can actually see that on YouTube. If you search NetSN on YouTube, uh, you can see the game, uh, the, the broadcast of the JV game last week against White Oak, uh, which was a win for the JV, their first one of the year, 26 uh, to 20. They won over White Oak, but you can see that. And also, they've been at a couple of varsity home football games. They broadcast the, the uh, Life Oak game. They broadcast the Grace Community game. They'll be there in town this week uh, as we take on Atlanta on Friday. So uh, NetSN does a lot of great things in general across East Texas, but they're doing big things for us, and we appreciate Brett uh, and his crew. And I wouldn't uh, want to let that moment go without telling you to make sure you download the NetSN app. And that app right now is, is really football-focused because it is a new app, and it's, um, it's football season. You're in East Texas, right? That's important. But on there, you can get scores from across East Texas. You can get um, – there's a weekly pick'em contest that a lot of you are involved in. I know there's weekly polls, shows. You can link to all the broadcasts. All of our game broadcasts are in the app. You can get that whether you're on iPhone uh, or if you have an Android. You can get the NetSN app. Uh, so make sure you download – that, especially as we get further into the year. They're going to do some more volleyball games coming up soon. They're going to do a lot of basketball games this year, baseball, softball. Uh, we're working with them to do a lot of different things. So make sure you get that app and check that out. All right, uh, let's kick things off today, and let's uh, talk a little cross countries. We had a week off from cross country, but now we're back here, and I had a chance to sit down and visit with the uh, head cross country coach, Josiah White. Well, after a week away on the uh, bye week, so to speak, for the cross-country team, back here with head cross-country coach Josiah White. First off, Coach White, what was, what'd you do last Saturday with no cross-country meet? What, how, what was that like for you? We watched a lot of college football, um, and I think, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the family went and we hiked at Faulkner Park, if I can call that a hike. Well, it's uh, more of a hike than a lot of us probably did last Saturday morning, if I'm going to be honest with you, so there you go. <laughs> Well, glad to have you back. And uh, this past yeah. Saturday, uh, you took the middle schoolers and upper schoolers to Quitman, to the Quitman Invitational, and had a really good showing. I'll let you talk more about it, but three of our runners finished in the top 20, which means they got a medal in their division. And 19 out of 23 runners got PRs. And you and I have talked a lot about what that training looks like to get to that point and be at your peak. And, and it looks like it's working, Coach, to have 19 of your runners PR at this point in the season. Yeah, it really was – it's an overall great day for our runners. They competed really well. Uh, you know, getting a PR is always great, and that's nice. But um, we went out and competed, I thought, and was really proud of them. And then it reflected into a personal record for the majority of our runners. And even uh, a few kids that didn't PR, they got, you know, what I caught. I call a just a minor injury on the course, a tweaked ankle, a side stitch. You know, one of our girls was having a hard time. She got a kind of a flu bug this week. She was battling through that. 
even those kids, they performed really well. They turned in a solid time uh, and did for that situation did really well under their circumstances. So really proud of how our teams responded and yeah, they're, they're responding to the training as we hope they would. Now we want to be realistic and we definitely can't expect, uh, you know, 19 PRs every time that we go to a cross country meet, but we'll certainly take it and we're moving in the right direction. Uh, I think kids are really excited about seeing how fast they can run and hopefully we continue to stay motivated. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we will and uh, just keep moving forward. You know, and cross country is one of those events that, yeah, you are competing against an opponent, but I would venture to say that really you're competing more against yourself, that mental battle to get through it, to push further, to train harder, to do all those things that you're talking about. Uh, Anastasia Kanaikina was uh, she finished in 14th in the Ever School Division, 13 minutes and 49 seconds, which seems pretty fast to me. Of course, I'm not a runner, so of course, uh, how, I, I'm not going to get a full uh, cross country course in in 13 minutes. I can assure you. But talk a little bit about her work and how well she's done. Yeah, uh, she has put in the work ever since the beginning of the summer. We started in June, and I tell the kids, "Hey." June is the beginning of cross country season just to get them mentally prepared. If we, I use the analogy of most seasons are about five months, you know, you know, I both coach basketball. So when we look at the basketball season, you know, that's encompassing five months. And so I remind our kids of that. And Anastasia has just done a a tremendous job of taking that approach and remaining patient through you know our first two phases of training especially phase one where it's it's a lot it is it's the longest phase and you're not always running real fast you know we just did 1000 repeats mm-hmm. and that was the the shortest distance going at the fastest pace that we've run this year and you know she did all of the foundational work beforehand to get to the point that now she's running really fast. So she's done a great job of sticking with the program and just getting the the fruits of her labor, to be honest. Uh, I think God has definitely blessed her uh, with the talents and abilities, and she has sought to use those. And we talk about, you know, glorifying and honoring the Lord with what he has given us. And I'm really proud of, of how she's done that and how she represents us as a team. Absolutely. And, and just a great kid all around. If you know her, then you know that about her. Uh, on the middle school side, I know you and I have had this conversation both on air and off air about this, but what a good group of middle school runners you have. They are committed yeah. to working. They, they definitely work harder than I would venture to say a lot of middle schoolers are capable of at this point. But <laughs> Two seventh graders specifically, Addie Green finished sixth in the division. Lily Shaw finished eighth in the division. Uh, both of them just seven seconds apart, 14.27 for Addie, 14.34 for Lily. And that's, if you look at Anastasia right at the high school level at 13.49, they're, you know, what, 38, 40 seconds off of that. Uh, the, the future is bright for those two. And they're the rest of them too, but those two have done really well also. Yeah, um, really appreciate Addie and Lily. And I, I kind of put – Honestly, I, I put a lot on their shoulders because I, I asked those girls to run with Anastasia lots of times um, to push her. I put Lily with Anastasia and I tell Addie, 
you keep them in eyesight and you try to close the gap in our workouts between you and them. And they have really responded. Yeah, two pretty mature young girls and, and pretty mature in their running. Uh, you know, Addie Green may have the best running posture and form of anybody on our team. If you if you just go and watch her run, you look at her and say, that girl looks like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, so they, they've really responded well. Lily, Lily was that young girl I spoke of that, you know, she was battling a bug this week. And so I was really proud of her, you know, in spite of that, to, to keep going, to ride, to stay right on Addie's heels. Cause Addie did a great job. Addie had a, a big PR ran, a, ran a really smart, tough race. Um, and, and Lily just gutted it out, not feeling very well. About halfway through the race, she kind of looked at me and I said, do what you can. It's all guts. Whatever you got is what you have today and we'll go with it because I could tell she was laboring and she responded. It's tough in those situations uh, to make yourself go. And she did. We have a saying, hey, try to get yourself out of a rut with 10 quick strides. And she did that twice. You know, when she came by me, I said, all right, let's give 10 quick strides. And, and she responded. So that was an indication to me that she's, she was giving everything she had. So really proud of those two girls. Um, they're doing a great job. Yeah. And our middle school in general, our guys had five, uh, we put five guys under 15 minutes, middle school, and we got a lot of sixth graders. Yeah. So the future does look very bright. And I really appreciated um, how all of our kids, but our middle school boys really responded well on Saturday and ran uh, tough, tough races. You know, you mentioned uh, Anastasia talking about her putting the work in since June and, and Lily battling the, the bug this weekend. I think that gets overlooked sometimes when you're training to run at any point from June until now, any kind of a sickness or any kind of a setback at all really disrupts you more than you even realize, right? Like, I mean, if, even if, yeah, it, just in general, right? If you're a person who's trying to get healthy and run and stay in shape and you, you you are sick for a week, we can completely derail you. And it's the same thing in training. So it's actually pretty impressive. They've been able to withstand all that and and work through that or avoid it altogether. Yeah, that's the you would hope you you do everything you can to avoid it, but it is ultimately if at some point in everybody's running career, it's gonna be unavoidable. Um I watched the national cross country championships, NCAA championships and one of the top ten runners it was it was just so sad. He's limping across the finish line. He's one of the best in the country, and it just that day, it got him. Yeah. Um, so that's gonna happen. Gonna happen to all runners at some point. Um, you, you definitely do everything you can for it not to. And there's a lot to say about putting in the work so that you put yourself in a situation where you can avoid those. Uh, but ultimately, some days it is just unavoidable. So, Coach, this weekend you guys are in Jacksonville, I believe, the Jacksonville Indian Express run. Uh, i got to be honest, I live in Jacksonville. Please do not come knocking on my door when you guys go run Saturday at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Whatever early time before dawn you guys like to run. Yeah. Uh, they, these will be a little bit later starts. And on, actually on Friday, the way Jacksonville does it, they'll run their high school. So our upper school will run on Friday, and then our middle school will come back and run on Saturday so we'll split it up those two days. Um, yeah, the middle school is running a little bit later on Saturday. 
high school will be in the second races. They'll run a 5A, 6A right off the bat at Jacksonville, and then we'll be in the 1A through 4A divisions for high school boys and girls. But excited about that course. It's um, probably the course that reflects ours the most because you get to go back kind of into the woods, and there's a pretty significant hill. So I think that our kids are going to be well-prepared because they run our course so many times. Uh, and our, in, at our campus, our course has such a, a significant hill that we train on all the time. So we're excited about it. Well, I know you'll have them ready, Coach, and uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you next week and talking about how that went. Uh, so uh, good luck to you this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. And thanks to Coach White for joining us again this week as cross-country uh, really kind of ramping up their schedule after the week off, uh, and they are uh, continuing down their path to compete at the district and state level. Uh, moving on, let's talk a little volleyball, as um, you're going to hear me mention to Coach Hubbard here in a little bit that uh, the first week was a little tougher with uh, McKinney Christian and Prince of Peace the first week of the district schedule. You, you heard us talk about that last week, but uh, Dallas Covenant and Tyler All Saints were on the schedule this past week, and Dallas Covenant is a school that actually – we split with last week. So uh, coach was excited, I know, to get a win over Covenant uh, on Tuesday night and then All Saints on Friday. But a big week coming up in volleyball, and you're going to hear uh, Coach Hubbard talk about that here as I got a chance to sit down and visit with her. Here with uh, head volleyball coach Mika Hubbard. First off, what a difference a week makes. Uh, 2-0 and this past week as you defeated uh, Dallas Covenant and Tyler All Saints. So a pretty good week for you at the varsity level. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I said we were going to have some more fun, and it definitely was that. <laughs> so it's a little different <laughs> when you get to play uh, somebody that's not uh, ranked in the top two or three of the state. That's a little fun. This week is yeah. a little uh, a little more important. Before we get to this week, let's talk about those games on, on Tuesday and, and Friday because even though it's maybe, you hate to say a lesser opponent, but it wasn't what you had seen the week before, there has to be a level of focus, and you use the word fun. I think that's a good way to put it, too. But there also has to be a certain level of focus of, okay, we got to handle our business this week and, and before we can right. move on to something else. Right. Uh, you know, after that first week, you know, playing two tough teams, you you really need to start thinking about, you know, you got to take care of the ones you need to take care of in order to accomplish, um, you know, the goals that you want for district. So um, the last the last week – Last week, the last two day uh, games, and then the two games this week. These are kind of real, really important kind of must-haves for us in order to, um, you know, make playoffs. That's our ultimate goal. And for this first rounds, these are must-win games for us. So as you mentioned, you're you're four games in. Uh, the schedule gets a little funky next week, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But really, yeah, these are your last two games of the first round, so to speak. Uh, yeah, they're, they're both at home Tuesday night. Waco Vanguard. Now that's a team that. I would look as you look at the playoff picture. That's they're kind of in the same boat as you are. They need to beat you, and you need to beat them. As you're probably mm -hmm. jockeying for one of those last couple of spots. Talk a little bit about Vanguard and kind of what that matchup may look like for you. Yeah, I think uh, Vanguard is they're a solid team. They're scrappy, so their defense is really good. They're not going to go down without a fight. Um, I think we match up pretty well. Uh, we're going to need to be, you know, on our on our A game and our offense is going to need to play smart and to find ways to make things happen. And our defense is going to need to hustle um, and keep balls in play. So I think it's going to be a good game. We're ready for it. And uh, we're excited. It's probably the biggest game of the year so far to date, at least at home for yeah. sure. 
Uh, I think so, so too. Make sure there's a big crowd there. 5.30 JV, 6.30, around 6.30 with a varsity. And, and you get two home games this week. That's a big deal, too, mm-hmm. to, to not have to get on a bus and go to Dallas uh, for right. a week as you get Shelton at home on Thursday. Uh, you know, I don't. I think Shelton is probably, and you may know better than me, I think they're probably a little below that next tier that it, that includes us and Vanguard and and maybe Covenant. I don't, I don't really know. But uh, Shelton, but, but it's one of those games, like you mentioned, you have to win if you want to accomplish your goals. Right. And, and again, you just, you never know who's going to show up um, and who's going to do what on which day. I always tell the girls, you know, any team is beatable and that includes us on any given night. So we still have to show up ready to play our game and just take care of business. So I, I do want to make mention, and we talked about it just a second ago, the schedule gets a little weird for us because if you've been around Brookhill long, you know, the senior trip is, is next week. And so that seventh game, of the first round, that Dallas Christian game is going to be moved to the end of the year. And we'll talk more about that later. You're going to play those those guys on back-to-back nights, which will be yeah. interesting to say the least. Um, so Tuesday and Thursday at home, big nights as, as you get ready to go through the – be, it would be huge to go four and two in the first round, I, I feel like, for us. Um, I agree. In terms, of, in terms of playoff spots. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, – I was, I was talking to you off the air. Uh, Coach Ryle mentioned uh, this week in his interview his, his JV team, and, and your JV team has done a lot of great things this year. Talk a little bit about them and what they've accomplished so far. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, last year we started with very minimal numbers, and we kind of really struggled to keep that JV team um, all season long, just numbers-wise. And this year I've had comments in, at every, you know, our district games, you know, oh, my gosh you have so many JV players. And um, I think at one point we had 14 girls on the roster for JV and with injuries and um, whatnot on varsity, we've had to, you know, make a few adjustments, move some up, um, which they've done a great job. And even with that, our JV is really performing. Um, They've shown improvement from day one, Um, just surprising us left and right. Just they're doing good things. They're coach being coachable. Um, and they, they haven't lost a, a district game yet. So we're pretty proud of them and excited for uh, what they keep doing. And I think people forget sometimes that, that JV is a hard level to play in any sport because, as you yes. mentioned, when there is an injury at the varsity level, somebody usually is going to be taken away from them. But also mm-hmm. the, the ultimate goal on JV is to be able to, on, in football at least, what we say is you want to be a Friday night guy. So to be a Friday night guy, you got to really right. turn it on a JV game. Same thing for you. And, right. and I've seen some of those JV kids on your bench and, and getting to play some for you and, and how important that is to have those numbers. Um, they finished second in the uh, in the Brook Hill tournament a couple weeks ago. We talked about that. But right. also you, you mentioned to me off the air that they're undefeated in district, which is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and when you talk about the level of play for JV, um, it's always been just the difference is, you know, we don't have enough to have like a freshman team. So really um, – I feel like, you know, when they come in, we have a big group of freshmen this year and they're the majority of our, um, what makes up our JV team this year. It's a big level not to just go from middle school to high school, but to go from middle school straight to JV and you're competing, you know, with experienced high school players. Um, so I, I said, I think that that says something else about our, our team too. Absolutely. And, and I also don't want to get out of here this week without mentioning middle school, because now as we're, getting into the full swing of things. And, of course, you guys have been in district now for a couple of weeks. But it, the middle schoolers are starting to pick up and play more games on a regular basis. Talk a little bit about how the work they put in because there's a ton of them. You, maybe not the 80 you had last year, but there's a lot of middle school <laughs> volleyball players this year. And, and I see them working every day. They're working hard. 
Yeah, they are. And um, not 80. I mean, we have close to, I think we're only 12 to be exact, short, um, less, 12 less than we were last year. So it's still a lot. Um, But I think me knowing them from last year, um, it's been easier to kind of coordinate practices, know what we need to work on and where we need to go from there. And they've really just hit the ground running. They're learning new things, more advanced things, so that when they get to high school, they're ready. Um, and at that next level, um, they did play in a tournament this weekend, this last Saturday, and they they did well. Um, they were still learning new things. And by the end of the day, um, they had capitalized on those things and they were working better together and really having a lot of fun. So it's been fun to watch. And I think that sometimes our families that have been at Brook Hill for a long time don't understand this. You've you've come from a public school background, so you can kind of speak to this a little bit more than some others. But it's very rare, number one, that your middle school teams are coached by your varsity coaches, number one. I think that's a huge difference. But also yeah. the amount of work and the level of work they're getting. I, I mean, it's it's very rare, I think, and you could probably speak to this also, but our kids get a lot more work and a lot more quality work than what a lot of middle schools are getting. Yeah, I agree. I think um, what we have is really special, especially this year. You know, we have four coaches in our practice every single day um, that we have them. And I think putting more eyes on all of those athletes that we have has really helped us um, reach, you know, not even our like just the eighth graders, but we're able to reach our seventh and sixth graders just by having um, more coaches in the gym. And then I also want to mention that I think um, is really helpful and is going to help us in the long run is that, you know, twice a week after volleyball practice, they're going to coach Kofer for strength and conditioning. And I think um, that also has shown improvement with us too. Yeah. Well, that's something that we haven't really talked about is our girls are lifting two days a week. Middle school girls are lifting two days a week and the middle school yeah. football lifting the other two. That's made a huge difference. Yeah. Can you mention the four coaches? And, and, and I think the main thing about that that helps is the fact that you, you have 60 plus kids in there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's not because you have so many coaches, there's not a lot of standing around time. And I think that's that's the hardest thing. We have that many kids. Right, coach. I mean, to keep yeah. them active and busy the whole time. Of course. And, you you know, we were utilizing one gym, two courts, and that's a lot of kids for two courts. So I think that um, with us having those four coaches in there, we're able to, you know, get time on the court. But even when they're not able to be on the court, you know, there's a coach there with an activity for them to do when they're off the court. So they're always doing something. Absolutely. Well, coach, keep up the good work. Tuesday night, Thursday night, both at home. 5.30 JV, 6.30 varsity, and Tuesday is a big one. Make sure you are there as Waco Vanguard comes to town. And that's a that's a huge playoff. We need a playoff atmosphere because that's a playoff-type game. Coach. Uh, yes, yes, yes. All right, perfect. We will visit with you next week. All right, thanks. Yeah, definitely make sure that you are uh, in Harrington Gym on Tuesday night, especially as Waco Vanguard comes to town. That is a huge matchup. Uh, for our ladies as a win over Vanguard would do wonders for them in terms of playoff seating and getting into the playoffs, which is where we're trying to get this year with that group. And then, of course, Thursday night, they're at home against Dallas Shelton. There's a lot of things going on Thursday uh, at Brook Hill, and, and one of those things is the big varsity volleyball game. As you heard Coach mention, you got to make sure and win the ones you're supposed to win, and that is definitely one Thursday night against Shelton. Uh and finally, uh, on this week's episode, I had a chance to visit with head football coach Scott Ryle as the guard got a big win 
on Friday over White Oak, 55-20. to 20. And uh, as you're going to hear us talk about, we, we had a, a great opportunity to get a lot of our younger players some time. I know that a significant number of JV guys uh, got a lot of time in the second half on, on Friday night just because of the way the game was going. But a lot of big players, a lot of, a lot of big performances on Friday night. And uh, I had a chance to visit with uh, Coach Scott Ryle about some of those in the game in general. All right, here with uh, head football coach Scott Ryle. And, Coach, uh, a big win on Friday. 55-20 to 20 was the final, and uh, that that score probably not indicative of what it would have looked like. We played a lot of JV guys in the second half. Good to get them some reps, but uh, maybe a little closer than what people anticipated on the scoreboard. Yeah, you know, it's always exciting to, uh, especially in the second half, to get everyone in the game. And I thought uh, the first half we played well and, and put ourselves in a situation where everyone got to play. So that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I do want to talk about a few guys statistically that we have either not talked a lot about or have, have, we haven't talked about in a while. One of the ones you and I were talking about was Osagi Zigby, the kicker. Uh, he was 7 of 7 for point after tries. He was 2 for 2 on field goals, which is impressive enough on its own. But nine of his 11 kickoffs were touchbacks, and they weren't like rolling into the end zone touchbacks. They were landing four, five, six yards deep in the end zone. Yeah, he's a huge weapon, and what's crazy is I don't even think he's even trying yet. Um, I think uh, it's about this time last year he came up to me and said, "Hey, can I kick?" And uh, he kicked for the first JV game and kicked in the end zone. And ever since then, he's improving, and he, I think he has more to give. He's been real impressive so far, and a huge weapon for us. It's been fun as he kind of figures out that he can do it. Because I, I'm with you, I think that he doesn't realize the weapon that he is. He's, I mean, you're talking about Division One leg with his kickoffs and with his field goals, too. Uh, he did have a 46 charter last year in a JV game, which is pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> defensively, obviously, when you don't give up a lot of points, you have some guys that stand out. One name that we haven't talked about over the course of the last few weeks was Marlon Rattage, who's one of the guys who last year came to us, had never done it before, uh, was just trying to figure out the game, and now he's a starting safety force. He had eight tackles Friday night in pretty much a half. I don't think he played much in the second half, including a tackle for loss and a couple of pass deflections. And he played well Friday, but he's really played well, Coach, over the last few weeks. He is. And, and I'll tell you what, he's one of those kids that uh, when he arrived last year, he, he came and the only thing he played was soccer. He's, he's from Germany, and but he's a great athlete and learned the game last year. And he's really stepped up this year. And and he, he sees uh, the ball on, or sees the field on both sides of the ball. And um, he plays really well at safety for us on defense. And and he's a heck of a teammate, which I can't speak uh, enough about that. He's a, he's a great teammate for the rest of our guys. Marcelo Martinez at linebacker, you know, he was out two weeks ago uh, in the, the Life Oak game, came back against Grace, had a great night, 15 tackles in that loss. He had nine more Friday in the half. And talk a little bit about what it's like to have Marcelo back and what he does. He's he's one of the most football smart players that we've had in a long time. Yeah, he just – he has the it. Um, he has a nose for the football. Um, I know in the Grace game he made – I think he missed one tackle – and that's all he harped on, and he, he was going to get better at that. And, uh, you know, him being in the middle makes his hard team a lot better. And uh, I look forward to his growth this year. And um, I think he, he he leads quietly, but uh, I know that the defense definitely follows him. He's a great player. Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, when you score 55 points offensively, you have some great things that happen. Uh, you know, Cam Ryle goes 12 for 12 for 218, ran for two, threw for two. Uh, just an, a, a great performance for him in terms of commanding the offense and kind of – Letting letting things happen, I guess, and, and I thought he played really well Friday. Yeah, I, I was proud of how he played, and 
know, he didn't force anything and he, he let the plays kind of come to him and took the opportunities he needed to do. And I was really pleased on some of the reads that he made on, on, on the run game. Um, you know, that's, that's something that uh, I think is a, uh, something that we need to get better at. And I was excited to see him run some, some uh, balls in the end zone. Yeah. Speaking of running, uh, I do want to mention, we'll get to Trey Watley in a minute, but uh, how about Ronnie Lindrews who has, has really battled some injuries early on. He only had one carry the other night and it was on a jet sweep. He took it 37 yards to the house. I know you're happy for Ronnie and how hard he's worked and the stuff he's kind of worked through. Yeah. I mean, he's fighting a, a shoulder deal and, um, you know, we're excited about his growth. He's a good football player, and um, and I was excited that we were able to hand him the football and him run it. I think he ran 50 yards for a 35-yard touchdown, but uh, he's a great weapon, has a little, little speed, and I know he's going to have a great season as we go forward. Yeah, exciting to see him out there, and hopefully we can we can see more. And then finally, Trey Watley, who we've talked a lot about in the last few weeks, but really was kind of forced into a lead back role on Friday uh, 12 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown. And, and coach, the, the yardage and the touchdowns are great, but when you just watch Trey run, his balance and his footwork is is unbelievable. He is. Uh, you know, it, it was funny watching him last year. The growth that he's made from eighth grade to freshman year. He's a, he's a different kind of back. He he runs over his pads, um, but he's such a student of the game. He always asks me questions. I'm the running back coach, and he always wants to get better. And I appreciate that about a young back because he wants to learn and wants to get better. And, uh, I, I can imagine what the back he's going to uh, be in a few years. Um, he's he's a special special running back for sure. So a fifty five twenty win uh, brings the record back to two and two overall, uh, and and a, a good solid team win. Everybody can contribute. A bunch of guys caught passes Friday, and a bunch of guys carried the football. Uh, but looking forward now to Atlanta, and this is a game that I think everybody's kind of had their their radar up for uh, since last year. Uh, they had a new coach last year. They had gone 0 and 10 the year before, and they started out hot last year. And we go to Atlanta and lose a game, uh, 35 to 28, with 12 seconds left. Those guys scored and got one on us. Uh, they're 2 and 2 this year. They've uh, they started 2 and 0 and lost the last two. But talk a little bit about Atlanta coach and what they bring to the table. Yeah, they are unbelievably fast. I mean, they're one of the fastest teams we will we'll face this year probably the next fastest is, is probably Dallas Christian I mean they've always been very competitive on the on the track and field and um, we're going to have to I think it's going to be a grind on the offense we're going to have to just do 5 yards and be be uh, content with that cuz they're going to be a hard team to to make big shots on um, but uh, they're a good football team they're going to be one of the better teams we play uh, play this year but they'll prepare us for district play yeah it'll be a fun one heading into the bye week next week for us uh Obviously, we need a big crowd there. Seven thirty kickoff. The JV will be on the road in Atlanta. Coach, I do want to get you to talk for a second uh, about our middle school guys. Uh, really, they they've been going for a few weeks now. The seventh grade got a great last second win at White Oak the other night, uh, and the JV guys are playing well. They got the win Friday night or Thursday night as well. Talk a little bit about our sub varsity guys, our middle school and our JV, and kind of what you've seen from them early on. Well, you know, let me just speak to the the seventh graders. You know, last uh, last Thursday. I get a video because they were on the road and we were home with JV and um, you know, them scoring when I hear the buzzer sound and how they just came together and went crazy after the game. I wish I could have been there. I know my wife was there and what, what a great time and great memories they made um, coming together and win. I mean, we don't have a lot of numbers. We're a small school playing a big public school and man, they played really well in our eighth grade. has been playing really tough and um, you know, and then you know, JV, they have been consistent throughout the year. You know, one thing about JV football at our level is, you know, as a varsity team with injuries, we kind of just we pluck those guys. But they've been really competitive um, throughout the year, throughout the year, and 
I'm excited that they came back and won the second half of the game uh, last week and came out with a victory against White Oak. So the middle school guys are at home Thursday. Coach, what time do those games start on Thursday? So we're, we're real fortunate. We are going to play our sixth graders in a scrimmage at uh, 4.30, and we'll scrimmage for about 30 minutes, and then our seventh graders play at, at uh, 5, 5.15, and then we'll follow with our eighth graders, hopefully 6.15 uh, or so. Um, it'll be kind of a rolling start. And then JV will be on the, on the road at uh, 6 o'clock. Yeah, so make sure you get a chance to come out Thursday and watch those guys. If you got nothing better to do, come out and watch them. There's a volleyball game at home, so you can catch all those things on Thursday night. Coach, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll visit with you again next week. All right, thank you. And as always, we appreciate Coach Rao for uh, joining us uh, every week here on Fire the Cannon, a Brick Hill Guard Athletic Podcast, talking about all things Brick Hill football. And uh, one thing that he and I did not talk about uh, but you lower school families that are involved in the guard dog program, uh, kind of a cool week this week for guard dogs. Usually we meet on Wednesdays, the football team and the and the guard dogs. This week it's going to be on Friday as they're going to get to be a part of uh, Walk to the Rock. We're going to change. There's a lot of things going on. There's a another special program on Friday, so we're trying to move things around. But uh, Friday at 8 o'clock, uh, the guard dogs will get to take part in Walk to the Rock, which is a special time that, uh, the varsity football team does every home game where you meet at the cabin. There's a devotional that this is a tradition that started long ago. And then, of course, after that devotional, the drumline cheerleaders drill team football all walk through the quad uh, to the rock in front of the Cali Athletic Center um, where there's a prayer. And usually that leads into the pep rally. But this week, obviously, it'll be a little bit different. Uh, we'll have the walk to the rock and then we'll go to class. Um, but check that out Friday if if, if you – I've never been a part of Walk to the Rock, or if you are a parent of a guard dog and you want to see, I mean, obviously you will bring your kid to that, but uh, just to kind of take part in all that, it's a great experience that they'll get to do. And then, of course, Friday, the pep rally uh, at its normal time, uh, I believe at 1, I don't want to say that, I want to get that wrong. Be watching social medias and emails for that. I believe it's 1 o'clock on Friday, the pep rally. Uh, but all that will take place this week as the Atlanta Rabbits come to town on Friday, and you heard Coach Ralph talk about that football game. And it was a great one last year, 35-28. Atlanta got the win uh, with just 12 seconds left in the game. So all that stuff coming up, once again, thanks to everybody for joining us this week. Our, once again, our numbers are through the roof in terms of who's listening and the number of you that are taking part in this podcast. And we appreciate it. If you have any feedback, feel free to give it at any time. I've kind of picked on a few people for this. I know I'm going to get a text from Chad Grubbs. Um, probably in the next few days, and that's okay. I, I can deal with Chad. But um, make sure that that if you have anything that you'd like to see us do different or something like to see us add, please let us know. I've got a couple of deals with some football players, and if they ever live up to their end of the bargain, they're going to get to be on the podcast. I've, I've been working with a couple of guys uh, for a few weeks now. If you can reach a certain level of um, statistical numbers uh, on the field, I'll get you on. So we'll do that. Uh, but if you if you want to see us do anything or something we could do better or something you think, hey, I could help you with that or whatever, please reach out to us and let us know. We we are truly doing this uh, for our families and for our school, and, and it has nothing to do with me and, and even NetSCM. We're bringing it to you, but uh, we want to make sure it's the best for everybody involved. So until next week, uh, this is Jeremy Herbert saying so long, and we'll see you around the campus of the Brook Hill School. See you next week on Fire the Camp.
Have you sustained a bone joint work or sports injury? Problems with mobility or movement? Suffer with pain? Contact Azalea Orthopedics. Our specialists serve patients across East Texas for proven, trusted medical care. You have a choice. Demand Azalea.